Welcome to Teachings in the Air. Air, air. Welcome to Teachings in the Air podcast with Jerry Oldman. Coming to you from Hunkameenam Territory with a podcast series about Indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower Indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit because that's what This is Teachings in the Air with Jerry Oldman. I'm coming to you today from Brandon, Manitoba, the homelands of the Dakota Cree, Anishinaabe, Oji Cree, Dene, Metis peoples. And um, I'm carrying on with a series of podcasts titled Indigenous Is. And this podcast is called we shall bend, but we will not break, like the cedar and the willow that our people have used to build and to construct and to use to help them with their lives. And that's what I see resilience as. We shall bend, but we shall not break. And I know that's true. So I'd just like to first off start by acknowledging all of our ancestors on Turtle Island for the beautiful, sustainable way of life that they created and used over thousands of years. You know, when I think of that, how to live in harmony with uh, birds, the animals, uh, the beings in the water, you know, and the plants, that we had that interconnectedness with everything around us. And I, when everyone lived that way, there was nothing becoming extinct in that way of life. So I'd like to start off by thanking them. And I was imagining as I was coming up to this podcast about first contact with European peoples by my people. And I was imagining their excitement and their curiosity to see these human beings that were so different in skin coloring and language and um, behavior. There must have been just this huge excitement to say, hey, look, <laughs> you know, pointing at Simon Fraser, where I'm from, uh, he was the first one to come through. You know, and that excitement of that first contact. Then, of course, we all know what happened after that was a colonization process. And I call it the shock and awe that happened to our people. All of a sudden, we, these ones that were coming through were carrying smallpox. And we had that pandemic of smallpox enter into our lives. And it's just, you know, when I read about the numbers of people it took 85% of the population 
That's why I called it shock and awe. And then the dismantling of our way of life, or the attempts through the shaming of our language, of our dress codes, of our food, of our ceremony and ritual. You know, and I thought of that uh, trauma that must have, because trauma means to be wounded. The wounding of indigenous minds in saying that your life is worthless, it's not, it's inferior. Because that was the plan, that was the creation to oppress us and to take control of our lands, of our water, and of the people. That was the plan. And it was implemented, you know, and we're impacted by racism. We started to be identified as not quite human. You know, the religions outlawed our ways of spiritual development which is critical in my worldview, that we must have this way of maintaining our spirit that holds our body together. That to create the reservations with our 0.05% of the land mass in Turtle Island, it's basically left us poverty stricken. We need resources to have a, a good way of life. And the reserves don't hold that much resources. Then they created a residential school, which really impacted the family way of life and family is everything. Clan is everything. When you take children and educate them in a different environment, and you throw in um, physical and sexual abuse into that mix and there's a profound impact. And we're seeing that today, we see the impacts of that. Then I were impacted by this new rule of law in Canada or in Turtle Island, the use of the Northwest Mounted Police, which eventually became the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and all the police forces that were implementing these laws and policies that were racist. And that had a huge impact on us as a people. We became like a lawless society. Then, of course, later on, there was a removal, which is a 60 scoop. That also contributed to what happened in this beautiful country with the indigenous people. And you might be wondering, why is Jerry talking about this and about resilience? It's because of why I started to say, where did we get this label of resilience? Who started to use this word resilient when they talk about indigenous people? Where does that come from? And I know today, my belief today, I should say, is that come from the professionals, social workers, health workers, probably some justice workers, that seeing the impacts of colonization on the people because the people started to become unhealthy in degrees each generation. Like physical health, for instance. We come from a society that did not have diabetes, for instance, or they say even cancer. 
and heart diseases. You know, that that's the kind of people that were here before contact. That mental health was not a huge problem for us. Depression, anxiety, you know, all of the mental health stuff that goes on with people. So they started to see on the spiritual health of the people. Because spiritual health is rarely talked about today, and I talk about it because I'm talking about the spirit of the individual. The spirit is strong. We got this incredible will to live. We want to be successful and we're kind. And I know indigenous people before contact had that. It was part of life. It was a way of life. So that um, the impacts of that, of course, we started to see violence. Lateral violence, that means violence with the people beside you. Whether it be your grandparents, your parents, your uncles and aunts, your cousins, your children, you know, you started to become violent. People started to become violent under this oppression. They became unhealthy. We started to have huge numbers of diabetes, tuberculosis, physical ailments that we did not have before. The mental health, of course, was the depression, the anxiety. All of those tensions that happen in the mind that, in my view, lead to addictions, to alcohol, to drugs, to tobacco, and all of those things that the determinants they talk about that keep moving up, not go away. But that we have more people falling under depression the pressure of the oppression. So people were exploding in anger or imploding. It was happening inside. They swallowed it. And it showed in the physical health. You know, so and we started to blame and reject not only ourselves but each other. So when people, the professionals, seen that, all of a sudden they see individuals that did not give up. These individuals, that's where we got the title resilient, that simply worked tirelessly. Well, I'm sure they got tired, but they never gave up in the community to help the families in the community. These were the resilient ones. We probably, in all of our communities, we have stories of people that just refuse to give up the language, for instance, that there are elders that just wanted to teach people the language. That we have people that uh, wanted to carry on with traditional music and ceremony. Those were the resilient ones. They, they bend but they would not break. You know, and there's the ones around food, herring eggs, salmon, berries, deer meat, moose meat, how to harvest it, how to preserve it, how to respect it. You know, that was a way of life that was beautiful. 
And there we have people that carry those memories and pass those teachings on down to the ones coming behind them. I met elders that taught youngsters how to build canoes, for instance, out of the cedar trees on the West Coast without using chainsaws or metal. I listened to elders talk, tell those stories of being able to do that. That elder is resilient. You know, I've listened to elders talk about or do storytelling about our relationship with the salmon. There's salmon behind me on my blanket. You know, and how critical that was to the people upriver from Vancouver in the coastal mountains in the plateau all the way to Prince George. The salmon would go up there to feed the people. So there are people that knew all of this and kept it alive by passing it from generation to generation. Those are the resilient ones. They did not blame or reject. They worked at creating relationships to connecting with people that seemed to be interested in our ways. I got hungry for that, you know, after I, I think I, I was 25 years of age. And all of a sudden I started to get hungry for teachings about our way of life. So I started to seek out people that knew about medicines. And <laughs> it's right in my backyard, my grandmother, when I went to see her, and so she told me to go pick burdock roots, red willow, and she's getting me to get all of these medicines. And I'd bring it to her, and then she would start showing how to use it. It was right there. You know, and there was an elder that taught me about fasting up in the mountain, about doing ceremony with what we call the Nkalza, or sweat lodge. So, in my view, they were simply waiting for someone to come to them that was sincere about our way of life. And I, I know how they feel today, because sometimes I feel like that as an elder. I'm so glad that I have younger people contacting me, asking me about how we do things, our protocols, around the, you know, how we do ceremony, you know, about food, about parenting. Because I carry little bits of each of those pieces of knowledge about how to do that. You know, so those are the, I call them the nation's treasures, the knowledge keepers and the healers that we all have. And they all might carry one little bit, but when we put them all together, we can have almost a complete package in our communities. You know that the newcomers really done, they done their best to shame our way of life out of us, our language, our ceremony, our foods. You know, but they failed. And part of the reason I know that 
as I was interested, I was introduced to my guests that I have with me today. They come through the air, the podcast called Teachings in the Air. And they came to me through the air because we're in pandemic and I couldn't meet them. And they asked me if I'd be on a webinar with them. First, I'd say, who are these people? <laughs> you know, they say, Capay Wellness Team, Cedar. And Cedar is a magical tree. I have Cedar where I'm from, in the coast mountains. We use the bark. You know, we use um, parts of it to make our dip nets. We use it in our buildings. So when I say, and I'm thinking about Capay, then I found out that they're promoting resiliency. That they're going out and seeking people that know. And I was excited, and I said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll be on that um, webinar." And then, as I was getting ready to do this new series of podcasts, I said, "I want to get these people and as guests on my podcast because we're all about promoting wellness." about inspiring people, about our way of life, about, you know, inspiring healing and wellness. And that we have the, we have the ability and the ways to do that. So when I heard of you and I was introduced to you and I sat with you in virtual circles, you know, <laughs> that I said to myself, I want to get these people on the podcast, these treasures because you are a treasure. If you have that hunger to promote resiliency and health and wellness by using indigenous methodologies, you're a treasure. You're precious. And I want people to hear you. I want younger people to hear you. So I want to, like my uncles would say, if I'm going to sing or I'm going to do work for the people, he'd say, nephew, melt their bones with your music. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I'm going to challenge you to mental, melt their bones with your words about your life and how happy you are to be connected to indigenous methodologies, medicines, knowledge. You know, and, uh, so I'd just like to start off by uh, asking the one that started this, that put it out in the air from First Nations Health Authority, that we can do this, promote resiliency. And that is Larissa Kauser. So I'd like her to introduce herself to the listeners, to teachings in the air, and Tell us about this concept about promoting resiliency. Larissa. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, it's always so nice to hear you, and I'm just so grateful to be invited. It's still uh, an honor to be able to share um, in your program, and I'm very excited to be here. 
Um, I'll introduce myself. My name is Larissa Rodriguez Coser. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil. My background is Italian, Portuguese, Brazilian Indigenous, and Lebanese. And I've been in Canada almost 20 years. And uh, this work has been always very important for me because it, it really is parallel to my own healing journey and my own, um, my, my own search for my own identity. Uh, throughout my life, I've had identity issues and race issues and many things because I, I moved a lot in my life. And uh, this work has always worked parallel. My work at the First Nations Health Authority, I work as a public health practitioner, and I've been doing that for almost 15 years. And um, I work here in Sanemo Territory on Vancouver Island. And um, the idea came to me because I, I work in communities throughout Vancouver Island, and everybody says, we want more culture. We want to hear the teachings. We want to hear from our elders. We want to hear about from our language speakers. Um, and like you were saying, you know, resiliency is the ability to bend and overcome, but it is the ability to thrive after struggles. And working in public health, I feel sometimes we've lost the word healing and we've sometimes taken out the word thriving. We want people to be without disease, but we also need people to thrive and we need people to, to heal and in heal intergenerational trauma, heal um, the pain that's inside. And, um, and so this work came from that desire to really support that healing and create health. And so, you know, pandemic had hit, I was at home, they sent us all home. And I said, what can we do? Like, what can we do? How can I reach community? I wasn't allowed to go into community. I'm still not allowed. And so, you know, resiliency came up to me when I was doing my studies, I, I did a lot of research on resiliency. And I said, well, more than ever, we need resiliency now, you know, and so uh, the name came to me first, you know, promoting resiliency and and then the themes, you know, that are so important to promoting resiliency, um, connection to land, connection to food that you mentioned, and this piece around identity, around culture, you know, how can people people go back to their to their indigenous roots, they're back to their identity and they're they're able to find that that healing right because they're coming back to themselves and so these themes came very loosely <laughs> it was just like you know sometimes you get lightning struck and you're like wow this this has got to happen and it just had a feeling in my heart that this was going to be a good thing and I you know I was like I need help I don't know where to go with this and uh, I talked to a coworker and she said I know just the people that are going to be able to work with you and are going to be very excited and she said call Bianca Elliott she uh, is the team lead for Capay Wellness. They're a young uh, group of awesome people that are doing cultural things that are thriving and that are really uplifting community and doing great work. And I called Bianca and it was one of those things. She said right away, let's do it. Let's do this webinar. And uh, we got together and, and, and we've been working ever since. Uh, the webinar has been awesome. We've had really great speakers. Uh, I've learned so much and really I'll just say for me it's just been really about creating connections uh, to continue this work and 
the relationships that we've built. And I think the more we do this work, the more interconnected and stronger we'll be to promote culture, uh, to promote resilience in this way. So yeah, that's what I have to say and uh, excited uh, to, to share that experience with you today. Thanks. Thank you, Larissa. Can we move on to Bianca, please? Um, I, I um, Bianca My name is Bianca Elliott. I am from the Sartlip Nation on my dad's side, um, which is a part of the Saanich Nation on the southern tip of Vancouver Island. On my mother's side, I am from uh, Songhees and Esquimalt Nation, um, and our family name there is Albanian-born. So um, that's who I come from. Yeah, so um, the the webinar series and um, kind of the, the relationship with Larissa, um, just as she mentioned, really started from um, her reaching out to me. And at the time, uh, our team had been putting out um, small workshops online. We were really working with uh, what we had, which was our own skill sets. Um, Marco, who was on the team, is really into fitness. So we were offering fitness classes. Harley does really beautiful beadwork. So we were offering beading tutorials. And myself, um, I really have a passion for traditional foods and medicines. And so that was my offering at the time. And uh, when I had the chance to speak to Larissa, uh, her vision for the Promoting Resiliency series just really aligned with uh, the work that we wanted to do together as a team, um, as the Capay Wellness team. Um, as Jerry mentioned, Capay means cedar. And um, when we were thinking about what we wanted to do as a team and how we wanted to work with the Coast Salish nations on the island, uh, we thought about something that uh, connected everybody and uh, the things that connect everyone here on the coast is, um, you know, cedar trees and the ocean. And so um, in our culture as well, cedar is, is sacred and uh, we wanted to be connected to um, things that are important to the communities here. And um, speaking with Larissa, um, we really had that special moment where visions were aligning and uh, we were able to move forward and uh, really connect with uh, people from community and something that we had talked about as a team was amplifying indigenous voices so it's one thing to hear from somebody who's not from your community um, but it's so much more special to hear from somebody that's indigenous and that you know has that lived experience as an indigenous person and to uh, just amplify and hear from them and um, I think that's been the most special part is just seeing how many people are out there that you know have so much to offer so much to share and um, it's been a real a real treat to to hear from everybody that has joined on the, the resiliency webinar series during during this process what was the most enjoyable part for you what was the part that really touched you and moved you Bianca I think just being a listener, I really honestly, through the whole series was able just to listen to each speaker and there's so many common themes um, throughout it and, um, you know, I kept hearing about root causes, um, 
of some of the issues that are in our community um, and um, hearing about them in a way that was shared that wasn't um, kind of re-traumatizing. So, um, you know, for, for myself um, as an Indigenous woman, um, I've, I've had my own struggles. I've had to overcome them. And um, just to hear from people time and time again um, through the series about, you know, what it is we need to heal. Like there were some really common themes of, Kind of acknowledging that traumas have happened um, throughout our communities they've happened to all of us individually in different ways and um just that healing work that that needs to happen and that's something that really really resonates just for myself like i'm i just turned 29 and i have two kids and um i need those reminders um you know i didn't just show up as an organizer. Um, I was there as a listener and um, yeah, that the messaging was so important and connecting with uh, different people such as yourself uh, who I really look up to. And um, I, I think something that I took away from it is that I have more healing work of my own to do and um, to be patient with, with myself and other people that are around me um, and uh, to be to be more gentle in how I do things um, something that I just keep noticing about people who I really admire and look up to is that they're the most gentle kind caring and compassionate people and um, yeah I actually I did a a journal exercise a couple days ago and I had to think about you know three people who I look up to and wrote down all of the qualities that they have. And um, it really made me think a lot about, you know, who, who I listen to, um, who I look up to and how I want to be and what are some of those things I want to take away from them. So um, yeah, the webinar has really grounded me in kind of our cultural values. And uh, something that I also thought about is that cult like the way that we think about culture like you might not have a ceremony right beside you or accessible to you but we do have our own value system and um if we can if we can keep that a part of our lives we're we're still uh indigenous oh thank you i really want to thank you for um picking up the teachings that were laid at your feet you know, because that's, you know, that that um, the biggest part of communication to be effective at it is to be a good listener. People think it's talking and stuff, but when you're a good listener, you're absorbing the teachings that come to you. Then you can reflect them out to the world after. You know, so I want to thank you for that, Bianca. It's so nice to see you today and to hear your voice. We'll move on to Harley. Hi, good morning. Um, my name is Harley K. MacArthur. I'm from Wiper First Nation in Southeast Saskatchewan, um, Cree and Assiniboine on my dad's side and uh, Scottish and Irish on my mom's side. <clears throat> um, 
And yeah, so we, in putting together the webinar series, Promoting Resiliency, Grounding Our Health and in Indigenous Ways of Self-Care, I am, um, you know, I am not from, uh, I'm not from the, the island. I, um, you know, so what I was thinking at the beginning is like, I love to listen to people and uh, I love to just connect and um, talk. And so for me, it was, you know, I just want to build relationships with people. Um, and that's what it's been so far. And it's been a really um, beautiful experience. And again, for me to just be able to, to listen. Um, and I think what I've taken away from it the most is, you know, what the, elders and knowledge keepers have shared is not new information. It's not, um, it's stuff that indigenous people have known forever. Um, and so we're not reinvent, we're not inventing the wheel. Um, we're just reawakening it and um, yeah, trying to bring it alive again. And so I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I think just in the in very materialistic world we live in, I was feeling like a lot of lack, um, that I was lacking a lot of things. And um, that, you know, I started to think about like, what what these things that indigenous people say like all my relations and in a good way like what what do those things actually mean and how are, how are they practiced and so you know i in we're in a pandemic i've spent a lot of time by myself and just thinking and um you know i realize that i am very rich in the relationships that i have um and you know having this webinar and being able to connect with um people has just reinforce that um, and it's really just kind of um, just made me think differently in, in how I see um, like what I think about a good life is and what I, what I think of wealth is um, and it's in my relationships with um, you know with people but also um, the land and um, yeah, so that, that's been my uh, favorite part of it is just kind of learning or re-remembering these parts that um, we have forgotten. So, yeah. Okay, thank you, uh, Harley. Marco. Well, thank you very much, Jerry, for inviting us on your podcast. Um, it's been great getting to meet you over the last couple of weeks. And it was really awesome to have you on our podcast as well on our webinar series. So thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, so I'll introduce myself. My name is Marco Cafiero. I am the South Island Health and Wellness Coordinator for the Capay Wellness Team. Uh, my background is, is uh, my mother's Anishinaabe uh, with European ancestry as well. And my father is from Chile. So I've been born and raised here in Victoria, BC, raised by a single mother. Uh, my Anishinaabe side, my family comes from Rainy River First Nation in Emo, Ontario. And I've pretty much spent my entire life uh, over here in, um, in, in Victoria. I'm very blessed to be learning and playing on these lands in, the, in this territory here. So um, it's been great. 
a little bit more about myself. Um, so as I think uh, Bianca had mentioned before, I've kind of been using my talents to, uh, to, um, for, our, for our team as well. Uh, I really have a passion for fitness and martial arts. So this whole theme in my life has always been around movement and kind of always falling back to movement. And then when I'm at my healthiest and my best and I'm my happiest, I'm always doing something active. I'm always, you know, getting myself out there, going to the gym, train, standing on my hands, doing backflips. It's, it's something that I've always kind of come to. This past year was doing fitness classes for a couple of different nations on the South Island here, which were, which were awesome. Uh, started a youth kickboxing program in Startlip First Nation. And that's, that was the one thing that we had going on with our, with Capay Wellness was we were a lot of, we were able to do in-person things. Once pandemic hit, we were like, oh my God, like what, we can't even go in a community. What are we going to do? And so teaming up with Larissa, having Bianca's knowledge and having Harley on the team has been absolutely amazing. We've been able to put together these webinars and they've been really successful. And that has been something that's been so awesome is just to be able to listen, to sit on an on these webinars i mean we've had the webinars that we've had is uh we've had a food as medicine a canning workshop traditional medicines for herbs and lung health for your immune system respecting tobacco learning to quit commercial tobacco indigenous harm reduction and then we have our last one that's going to be resiliency through uh through physical activity um and so putting these webinars together and being able to promote this it's it's really feel good work it's something that I think is important, especially in a time like today, when a lot of people's mental mental health is being tested by the pandemic. So being able to put out this kind of work and, and being able to sit in on this has been really, I've been really grateful for this opportunity. I've been really grateful to be able to use my my skills and my talents towards, um, towards all this. Um, and then the one thing I was thinking about uh, when, when getting asked to be on your podcast was I was thinking, it was like, what does it mean to be resilient for myself? It was a question I kept asking myself over. And for me, it's being able, it's for a person to being able to, I think, to use their talents and their skill set and what they have and to be able to give back to your community. I think that's very important. And then reclaiming your identity as well, because I'm a person that didn't grow up in my, my home nation. I grew up in Victoria here. And so I feel sometimes very disconnected from where my family's actually from in Rainy River because I didn't grow up around all my cousins. I didn't grow, I, you know, I didn't grow up uh, around most of my teachings, though I did have some, you know, at, at a young age. Um, so really reclaiming your identity is a really, is, is resilient. You know, you can go out and speak with your elders, learn about your ceremonies, learning your language. And so that is something that I still carry with me today and that I would still, I still want to go back home and learn more about myself and reclaim my identity. And yeah. So anyways, I'm just really grateful to be a part of your podcast. Really grateful that you invited us on. I'm really grateful to be a part of such an awesome team with Harley, Larissa and Bianca. So uh, miigwech. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. You know, I listened to all of you and um, reaffirmed on your like I called you precious, that you're precious to the people, you know, to be resilient yourself.
it's so good to visit with you because it brings up these beautiful memories for me. I started out by telling how we got lost. My language say, ah, wachten, filth, I'm lost. Because I don't feel there's anything for me. But we have our way of life. It still exists in the minds of people, in the bodies of people, in the spirit of people. That we still have that. And because we're taught to be generous, we share. And I look at Bianca, she shared with the three of you. She shared with me. I thanked her for absorbing the teachings because you're an example of resilience and using what works, who will work. You've gathered your team, Bianca, to do this and that. And you're part of Mother Earth in Vancouver Island. And it shows that we reach out for help. We don't be shy to do that. Our people would say, don't be backwards. <laughs> you know, reach out for help, you know, and do your best. And I see you, four of you doing that. And I'm almost ever so grateful for people that do that. Because my biggest concern is the youngsters. Are they going to hear these teachings about food? about exercise, taking care of the human body, about the danger in life, like tobacco, it can be dangerous. You know, where are they going to hear it from? You're doing that. You're finding people. Like you're talking to Robin and myself about lung medicine, which is important, especially around pandemic, because that, that sickness attacks the lungs. Big time. I had a ceremony on Sunday. And I was a message that came to me. That we must all use that med the lung medicine in our household. Boil it in the stove, let it simmer there all day long. Mullen, alder bark, devil's club, cedar. I was thinking the people can just have that in their house every day to help the immune system for their lungs. And plus, tell everyone, our people survived before the pandemics because they listened to the ones that know the dangers of this virus that's here now in North America, all over the world. That's why they call it a pandemic. Every human being on earth is susceptible to this. So I just like to, I always finish off with um, whenever I have sessions on Zoom or circles with people, I say, we'll finish off with an I statement. And um, I'm gonna ask you to give an I statement that, I statements are actually af affirmations. But part of this, you could be thanking someone that kept you grounded in culture or connected to culture. You can do that now and it'll go through the air. Even if they're in the spirit world. And I'm going to start off, I want to thank um, this elder Sam Mitchell. 
He was the last one in my area born in a traditional underground dwelling. And I went to live with him. And he noticed one day, he'd tell me stories every night after supper. He was resilient. The priest actually called him the devil because he refused to become a Christian. You know, so I went to live with him. And he noticed that sometimes I, I walk around like there's a dark cloud over me. And I was imploding, like I say, an explode or implode. And I was feeling bad because um, we were losing our traditional music and our ceremonies. It felt like that to me. And he told me, everything you know, Jerry, comes through the air. You hear it, you see it, you feel it, you taste it, you smell it. Everything you know in life comes through the air. He says there's music in the air, in the wind, in the sound of the water, in the animals and the birds, like I got a song from the hummingbird, so I know that's true. He says you need to listen. You meditate. You ask for it, and it'll come to you. So I want to thank him because he helped me to be resilient and helped me to stay connected to our way of life. So we're going to go backwards this time. We're going to go with uh, Marco first. Okay. I want to thank three people, uh, three of the biggest influences in my life. Uh, the first being my mother. Without my mother, I wouldn't be here. She's the first one who put me into Kapawada. She's the first. She was. She's always had my back. She raised me. Um, like I said, I didn't grow up without my father. I grew up without my father, so it was all my mom. She was mom and dad, and um, she means a lot to me. And the second would be um, my Kapawada teacher, Merston Dutesta, who. I thank every day for showing me the art form and for guiding me and for taking me around the world with him and bringing me to all sorts of competitions and opening new doors for me. And then the third is, uh, is Cassius Sebunyana, who's I also met through Capoeira and he's like a big brother to me, a father figure in my life and somebody that's always been there for me when I need, when I need somebody um, on my good times and my bad times. Um, so those three people, my mother, uh, my teacher and my big bro. Okay, and then the I statement of what you're going to do now. What am I going to do now? I am, I'm going to make a bigger breakfast for me and my son. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Marco. Okay, Harley. Um, I want to thank uh, my late grandma, Betty MacArthur. Um, my grandma was like the perfect comb combination of um, gentle and, and um, very maternal and loving, but also very, um, very stern and honest when she needed to be. And I think in my day-to-day -day life, um, you know, trying to navigate the world as a young woman, I, um, I really try and um, keep that gentleness and um, that kindness, even when it's really hard. And, um, you know, she, 
was someone that taught me that being vulnerable is not a weakness. And, um, you know, I don't think I would be in, in this position today if I wasn't vulnerable because, um, you know, it's, it's freed me of a lot of, um, a lot of negative emotions. And, um, yeah, so, so she, uh, reminds me to, um, be present and be vulnerable, but to also, make sure that I am being honest and um, when I say no, that I mean it um, and to really uh, stick up for myself and um, my family. So I want to thank my grandma. Okay, thank you, Bianca. Um, I'm really thankful for uh, the people who brought in uh, the knowledge of traditional foods and medicines because that has grounded me so much and so Cheryl Bryce, who's from uh, Lekwungen Territories, um, taught me how to do a traditional pit cook and shared a lot about Klao uh, or Kwetlao, which is camas. And um, I'm really grateful for all of those teachings that she shared with me. I look up to her as a mentor. Um, and the other person that has done that for me is my mom, Myrna Crosley. And uh, she is a person that thinks she doesn't have culture, but every day she teaches me uh, something new and um, she just knows so much about uh, plant medicine and uh, she, she doesn't even realize it, which is um, wild. And I, I hope one day she, she values uh, her own knowledge, but um, those two people have, have really grounded me in my life and have gifted um, knowledge with me that um, I try to use every day. And so um, yeah, definitely grateful for for them and um, and I statement. I think I'd like I'd like to go outside. I haven't been outside enough this week. Okay, thank you. Okay, Larissa. Um, I just want to say thank you to you, Jerry, and to Harley and Bianca and Marco for all the great work that all of you do and continue to do in community. Um, I also want to say thank you to everybody who's been part of the webinar and everybody who attended. And, um, and I believe that everyone can make the changes that will lead us to more healing. And I believe that we can be good visitors on Mother Earth. And I believe anyone, you know, can uplift Indigenous ways of being and heal and support Indigenous people, no matter where they're from, where, where they've been, we can walk in a good way. And, um, and do this great work that is ultimately going to save us all and help us all um, and to be closer to nature and to really love ourselves. And uh, you know what Harley said uh, about her grandma, I, I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to my grandma because she was the first person to tell me that I was precious. And I think we can, and I really appreciate it today. I got a bit teary, Jerry, when you said that you are precious, you know, because I don't think we share that message enough. And I think it is the one thing that has kept me resilient was my grandma's, the, my grandma's voice saying, you are special, you know, and, and we need to share that message in the air to everybody that everybody's special and everybody can contribute to a better way of living and we can all heal. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Okay, I'd like to thank my special guests today on teachings in the air on resilience. And I'm looking at people that are very resilient. And I'm thankful for you. And I encourage you to carry on with the wonderful work that you do. 
and to take care of yourself. And one day you will be elders and people will come looking for you. And uh, you remember that this old man said, we're never alone, never, ever. I was told this by elders, I was feeling alone, and they said, your ancestors are always around. You're never alone. And remember that we're all one. That's literally with everything. We're connected to everything. We all need each other. So I agree with Larissa that the indigenous peoples on Turtle Island have a lot to share and how to develop relationships with other human beings and other life forms so that the life will be sustainable. That means it never ends. There will always be salmon, moose, cockles, clamshell, clams, you know, all of our wonderful foods. It will always be there and we must work together to do that. It's our responsibility. All the babies in, in the world are relying on us to act sensibly as adults, as elders, to be the voice of reason and to be resilient. Don't give up just because there's a couple of angry people in the room. Keep going. You know, my late mother, and I was talking to her about some angry people in our community. And she says, son, you know, there are people like that. She says, there's some people so mean, they got nobody to bite, they'll bite themselves. <laughs> I, oh. I says, oh, okay. She says, they're probably good people. There's good people inside that angry person. They must deal with that anger, not carry it around, because we can feel it. And so she says, um, telling me to accept that those people are out there, but to stay true to our path. And being here for the people, and being here for Mother Earth, and all of the inhabitants of Mother Earth. So I want to thank you for triggering wonderful thoughts and memories for me around this resilience. And wish you the best of luck in your wellness promotion and work that you do. I know that I could probably talk to you again on different topics and things. I want to do something on fitness. So, um, holy cow, we train people to be master canoe people. That's being fit. Hunters, berry pickers, you know. We had it all picking, I was picking um, cedar bark with Nuchanath people. You know, on the west coast of Vancouver Island, they're talking to the cedar tree. Don't take too much. And I was helping them separate it after. So generous. <laughs> you know, so generous. And it's important we carry that generous about how to take care of Mother Earth, how to respect Mother Earth, how to respect ourselves and respect each other. So we have a good life. So I'd like to thank you again.